there. We're so glad you tuned in today. We would love to hear how God is using this podcast to encourage you. You can do so by visiting our website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to Freedom. There is power in joy. There's power in joy. Sometimes in life, life can become so about the finish line that we forget and we fail to find joy in the journey. We're so preoccupied with checking off a box, I got this done today, I got that done today, that we forget to have joy in the journey. Joy is an interesting thing because the world, uh, the world doesn't give it and the world can't take it away, right? I've heard that before. But as Christians, I believe that we are to be joyful in a way that is a huge characteristic difference between us and the world. A huge characteristic difference. Now, what am I talking about? I'm talking about joy that doesn't and isn't shaken by our circumstance around us. Now, let me go a little deeper for a moment. Because I believe that when Proverbs 15, 13 talks about uh, a heart, he says, the Proverbs writer says this, a happy heart makes the face cheerful, but a heartache crushes the spirit. Listen to that for a moment. A happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. Listen, I believe if you walked in here and you feel down, beaten, broken, I believe there's an element of joy that God wants to give you, and there's a part of you that longs to have it. Right? Nobody goes, man, I really, really, I just got up 10 minutes ago, and I really hope I have a rough day. Man, it would thrill my heart nothing more than to walk into work and just get fired. (laughs) Nothing would thrill my heart more than for my kids to just come at me nonstop with all the things that they want for the school year and Christmas and their birthdays all at one shot. Just tell me everything you ever wanted in your life. Just bombard me with everything. Nobody ever really says that. Nobody ever says bombard me with heartache and pain. We want joy. We want that. But the problem is that the ha- a happy heart is sometimes hard to find when there's lack of happiness around us. Right? A happy heart is one that is well-placed, that has well-placed trust. And let me, let me go deeper in that. Those that have well-placed trust in the character of God often find joy and happiness that other people can't. What separates the church? What separates believers from the rest of the world? Let me tell you this right now. Joy. Because joy is not based on the what, it's based on the who. So essentially, let me say this. My countenance is directly related to my confidence. I'll say it like this. My countenance in life is directly related to my confidence in God. Oftentimes, my lack of joy is a reflection 
of the lack of confidence in my life and the, the lack of uh, countenance that my face shows is because something isn't right and I don't know if I'm going to overcome this. Would you, would you say honestly that all the time you always trust God 100% of the time? Who can say that? Let's be honest. Can, can we honestly say that? Nothing deflates you like the moment you trust God and something goes wrong and not as planned. Right? That can really go, well, God, good job on that one. And God's like, I had nothing to do with that. Right? A happy heart produces joyful countenance. My wife made fun of me for many years because I would tell her, hey, you know, we would be traveling and I would tell her, would you take some pictures I want to show our, our supporters because we had supporters that would support us on our travel and we'll take some pictures of, of us doing ministry so that, you know, people could see what, because they can't be at every meeting, right? They can't be at every meeting. And it was like before, the, before everybody streamed anymore, right? So uh, we would take pictures and the faces I would make, <laughs> unbelievable. I'm like, did I make that face for real? Yeah. You're so hard to take pictures of, Tony. I'm like, I'm looking at it right now. I'm wondering why the, the screen didn't crack on the camera. The face I made there. She took 100 pictures, maybe two work. Maybe. Maybe. Because I'm passionate, so I make a lot of faces, right? Anybody know somebody that's real passionate, they make a lot of faces, and you're not sure how they think? Or uh, apparently there's, there's a face, a resting face. I heard about this earlier today. Some people have a, a, a harsh resting face. Apparently this is a thing. Apparently this is a thing. How many of you can be honest, you, have a, you realize that you have a harsh resting face? Like your thinking face looks like you just about to take somebody's life. Some of you, I know you have it because I was up here for a few minutes now, and you've had it right up until this moment. And you were like, I think he sees us. Quick, smile. And now it got really awkward. Quick, smile, would you? You're doing that resting face thing again. And we, uh, I find myself, when I'm thinking, my wife's like, what's wrong? Like, did a bomb go off somewhere? Like, what is wrong with... No, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking. Well, my goodness. If you're happy, would you tell your face that? Right? And I have to tell myself that sometimes because sometimes I have a, a, my thinking face and my resting face is, is a passionate one. I like to call it passionate. A passionate one. Latinos are passionate. We are. We're passionate people. We don't, just, we don't just submerse everything in sauce and seasoning. Like, that's part of it. But the other thing is we're passionate. <laughs> you can laugh. It's okay. Truly deep joy comes from the knowledge of God and his person, not the knowledge of my current circumstance. Come on, somebody, smile at me and say amen while you're smiling. Amen. That's the one. That's the one. Some of you are catching on. It's all right. I appreciate it when you smile. So it smiles. Okay, they're happening now. Based on the character of God, 
where would you say your joy is in the joy meter? You see, when joy is a habit, love is a reflex. When joy is a habit, when you start to choose joy in your life, love becomes a reflex. It becomes a reality for you. It becomes a reaction. And so it's directly, your countenance is directly connected to your confidence in Christ. So before I go into what my text is this morning, I want to read to you a passage that just really blessed me. In fact, I read it this morning. It was, it was brought to me. And they said, look at this passage. And I said, wow, this is perfect. So I added it to my message in here. It's not on your screens, but listen closely. 1 Peter 1, 8 and 9 reads like this. 1 Peter 1, verses 8 and 9. Write this down. Highlight it in your Bible if needed. But you need to hear this. For those of you that lack joy, hear this. And hear this closely. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Oh my goodness, it's so rich. That verse is so rich. Hear me what I'm saying to you. When you don't see God and trust him, there's a joy that comes up, a joy like a well that comes out of you that says, you know, I don't see him, but I trust him. And even though I don't see him and I trust him, I know that he will come through for me. Some of you were forced into that situation recently. Some of you, look at me, young people, look at me. I need you to hear me right now. You will have times in your life that things will not turn out the way you think they should. And based on your circumstance, you have to say, I'm still going to trust God or I'm going to go the other way. And this is everybody in the room. But if you can learn this early, young people, look at me, eyeball to eyeball, hear what I'm saying to you. If you can learn this early, there are adults in this room that haven't learned it till recently. Yes? You need to learn this early and maintain and understand that even though you don't see him, when you trust him, there's a way you see him that you've never seen him before. And that wells up joy. That brings up joy in your life. Wow, I trust God. I don't see him. But I see how I can trust him better. I don't know what he has in store, but I know he has something in store. Because he promised me that he will look after me. So parents, when your kids don't make sense, which is, mm, I don't know, 98% of the time, your faithful prayers will work those things out. Right? The kids are like, amen. See, mom, dad, I told you. Even pastor knows. Right? But it says this. You believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious, what? Joy. Why? 
Why is it inexpressible? Why is it something that is unspeakable, as some versions say? Right? That unspeakable joy. Because you can't explain it. Listen, if you could explain God, your God's too small. I can't explain God to any, just anyone that walks up to me. I can't, because their experience sometimes already has skewed their view of who God is. You ever talk to one person about God and they're like, oh, God is so good. And then you talk to someone and be like, God, he doesn't exist. You're like, how do you get that? Why? Experience. Their experience is speaking for them. What if you could experience joy in such a way that when something comes up, automatically that joy is your refuge? That joy can be like, you know what? I trust him. I don't know what he's got in store. I was talking to, I was talking to a couple earlier about this. I said, nothing gives you, more, gives you more faithfulness in prayer than something come up when you don't expect it. Some of you guys pray like serious prayer warriors when something goes wrong. But here's my challenge to you. Pray like that when everything's going right. It's easy to pray when everything's going wrong because it's a, it's a reflex. It's a, jo- it's a reaction. It's a knee-jerk reaction. Something's going wrong. Quick, we need to go to God. They do it in the prisons. They do it in the workplace. And God knows they do it in schools right before a test. Pop quiz. Right? People pray when they know something's about to go down that I don't know what's going to be the result. So let me share this with you. Because verse 9 says, for you are receiving the end result of your faith. What is that? That joy. You know what? When I stand before him one day and I see the, faith of, the, the face of Jesus Christ, the one that I loved and served for many, many years, the one that I sang to, the one that I give to, the one that I taught for, preached for, led people to, when I see that face one day, I'm going to be able to say, holy, holy. That's all I can say. Because he is too good. He is too marvelous. He is too glorious for me to have any other words than that he's good he's good he's good and I got very little to say outside from that he's holy he's holy he's holy listen how do we maintain joy how do we maintain you know how to maintain your car right every once in a while you got to get all change change the filter air filter Rotate your tires, change your tires, buy new tires. You got to do things to maintain. And in your life, the same way you walk your Christian walk, you have to maintain that joy because the world will try to take it from you. Anybody try to, got their joy taken away the last few months? I'm declaring over your life this morning that you're going to walk, you're going to walk out of here with joy again. I'm prophesying over every single one of your households today. Joy unspeak. Why is it unspeakable? Because I can't explain it. I can't give you a reason why I feel the way I felt. I can't give you a logical excuse for why I feel the way I feel. But how do we maintain that joy? Number one, you maintain your joy based on the who rather than the what. You maintain your joy when it's based on the who rather than the what. It's that's based on God. Psalm 4610, the first part of that verse says, be still and know. 
Be still and know what? That I am God. When we understand who God is, that joy can come a little easier. We can maintain that. How many know what I'm talking about? That based on the true story of my life, the only way that I really found who I am is when I am still and I know that he is God. You ever watch the movie? It's based on a true story, right? What would your story look like if we, if we said, let's highlight the joy moments? If we said, what is, it based, what is your joyful moments based on? Is it experience or is it in a person, the person of Jesus Christ? The truth is, the what's of life can be always changing, right? So let's talk about some what's. Anybody ever, had, anybody ever had been bombarded by the what's in life? For example, what does your life currently look like? What is happening during the season that you're in? What are others saying about you? What is the state of your health? What is happening in your marriage? What is taking place in your job? What's with the school year? What is that going to look like? What in the world is going on? What, 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 what? You ever had what's like that? What, what, what? You ever ran into someone and talked to someone, and after you talk to them, you walk away going, what? Right? You ever walked away from someone going, what just happened? That was like a hurricane. That person's a hot mess. Yeah, don't point at your spouse, by the way. No pointing at your spouse or anyone you came with. Life is full of what's, right? But we have to realize that the what's are forever changing. What if you trusted God like you've never trusted him before? What if you bombarded your life with more joyful things? You know what I'm saying? The things you love to do rather than the things that love to do you in. The stillness of the soul, sometimes just being still for a moment. I had one of those moments this weekend. I had some things I needed to do. When my kids were home and it was a nice day, and I just put my laptop to the side. I spent some time with my kids. Because I realized that they're only going to be this age for so long. Friends, there's going to be times I don't respond to your calls or your voicemails or your messages or whatever. And I'm going to be transparent with you right now for a moment. Because I'm with my family. And if I don't do that right, what I'm doing right on this pulpit right now, I do wrong. And I'm sorry if you're hurt by that. But that's the ministry God gave me that is only for a short time. I could pastor this church for 30 years if you let me. But I can't pastor my children at this age that long. There are times I need to put that to the side. And so I make no, no regretted statements in that. There are times I cannot answer a call. I cannot answer a text. And I'm not saying that for any one reason. I'm just telling you I'm human. And there are times I have to prioritize my life just like you do yours. And so if I don't do that, 
the joy that God has given me in my children, in my life, personally? How am I supposed to translate that? On the, You know how I could smile up here? Because I smile down there. You know how I can have joy up here? Even if things are chaotic? Even though people are tearing down statues and chaos and riots and all these things are happening around the world. Guess what? That's not the only thing happening. There are people being blessed. There are people being baptized in the street. There are people that, are, that God is raising up for such a time as this. I'm not going to buy all. I'm not going to buy into all of that. That's not the only thing happening in this world. The church has taken its place and they're starting to want and need more. You know why I'm calling, I'm calling out these things? Because I believe that God is calling you too to be a part of that healing. Last week I talked about healing humanity. This week I'm talking about healing the heart with joy. Because there are some of you that walked into this room so scarred and bruised. And I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about spiritually. You can't even smile if I paid you to. Because you had one hellish week. Can I say that? Is that all right? Don't say hell or sex. Those are two things you don't say from the pulpit, Pastor. Well, if we don't talk about hell or sex... Nobody else will. At least the holy way. That was a public service announcement. God himself is unchanging. I thought I'd get one amen on that one. Jason, God himself is unchanging. Amen. He's unchanging. He hasn't changed. He's unchangeable. And again, our inner joy is produced and maintained because of the who, not the what. Number two, we maintain joy by leaning the right way. Here's what I'm talking about. A godly lean. A godly lean. What am I talking about? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not this direction where your understanding is, but lean the other direction. And your faith that you have acknowledged him. What is faith? Unseen trust. Right? Unseen trust. And so in all your ways acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. How do you, how do you lean? Do you lean on acknowledging you or do you acknowledge him? If you lean toward acknowledging you, you get your best results. The best results you can come up with. If you lean toward his understanding, he will make your paths straight. That's leaning the right way. We maintain our joy when we lean toward faith and say, God, I don't get it, but I'm going to lean toward you. Lean on the error of, right? Like, lean on this error. Because if I'm going to make an error, I'm going to make an error trusting God. I'm going to make an error trusting God. And honestly, to trust in God is never really an error. Solomon says to us, make sure that we're leaning the right way in regards to events and circumstances. See, the writer of Proverbs was very clear when he says the truth is we are either leaning into his presence or we're leaning away from it. 
Did you catch that? We are in a dark, dark world. And unless we lean toward the light, we won't know what step to take next. With every circumstance you face, which direction do you lean? When you survey your soul, which way are you leaning? The heart that is leaning toward him oftentimes is willing to give up control. But the heart that leans towards self is self-driven. So let's look at David for, one, for a moment here in Psalm 73, verse 26. Reads like this. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Did you get that? Get that, get that. Get that in your spirit right now. How do I maintain joy? I maintain it by trusting my heart to God. So let me illustrate it like this for a moment. Follow me. Before you get here, right, you have to start somewhere. And that somewhere is usually somewhere like this. How many ever got one of these and you didn't have a pump? And you're like, the kids come to you with a giant pool. They're like sliding it. Mom, dad, need you to fill this up. And you're like, uh. See, if they come to me with this, it's, it, this is tackleable. You know what I mean by tackleable? Because I make up words. I'm saying this is doable, right? Don't. So I look at this and I go, okay, I can fill this up. I can fill this up. Go to a station break. Feel my time yet? valuable stuff. Pretty stars. How'd you guys do the stars? That was awesome. Um, <laughs> so, that was awful. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I didn't run that through multiple times. I wouldn't be standing here. Um, but that took some work to get here. And many of you 
you're here and you're full. And God is saying, I don't want you to be full of what you're full of. I need you to reset and have joy again. But in order for you to have joy, you have to release what is in you. And the only way to release what is in you is to lean not on your own understanding. It's coming out a little bit, right? But in order for it to come out the way we really need it to usually, it has to be squeezed and has to, you have to apply pressure. Do you hear it? We don't want pressure. We want progress without the pressure. We want progress without the pressure. The only way for you to move on and move forward is for the pressure to take out what is in you. And we run from pressure. We run from anything that squeezes us that we don't like. God wants to give you joy today. But he can't give you joy if what is in you does not bring about joy. So it's going to take some pressure. We don't want it. We don't want the pressure. How many, how many hear what I'm saying? We don't want anyone to squeeze us. We don't want any circumstance to squeeze us. We want this without the this. So what am I saying to you? I'm saying to you that in order to maintain joy in your life, there are times that God's going to squeeze some things out to make room for what he needs to put in. If you have some things in you that don't bring about joy, he wants them out of you. If you have some things in your life, some people in your life, some bad habits in your life, he wants them gone more than you do. Are you hearing me? He wants them gone more than you do. He wants them gone. And there's no way you can truly get there without the squeeze. But we run from the squeeze, don't we? We run from the squeeze. Don't squeeze me, God. Don't pressure me. Don't don't make me do things I don't want to do. And God is like, but you want joy. I got to get out what's in you. I got to get out what's in you. To put in you what I have in me. So my third thought is simply this. We maintain a joy by storing up good things. Good things. And how do we do that? We, we say, it, it, there's no mystery. There's no mystery why God created man. And the way he created man, he, he, out of the dust of the earth and, and, and the, the thing he created. But what gave man life? Tell me. Because what was in him needed to be in us. He had no breath. Adam had no breath outside of God. Did you hear me? This is life changing. We have no breath outside of God. We have no life outside of God. Teenagers, hear me. It's not about the amount of likes, the friends, adults. It's not about the stuff. Listen, it's not even about the church you attend. It's about the God you serve. 
not get the pressure. Depression has the word press in it. I'm being pressed on every side. And some of you have depression in a way because you've let your joy go. You've left your joy to go. So what do I pose to you today? I pose to you this thought here. We follow the words of Jesus because blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, Psalm 1 verse 1, but or stands in the seat of the sinners or sits in the company among mockers. What am I talking about? I'm talking about those who delight in the law of the Lord and in who meditate on his law day and night. What does that mean? I put in my mind the things that I want out of my life. Hear me only way for us to get life in us is for us to get everything else that is in us that's taking up space to leave it is then and only then will we have life it is then and only then will we have life more abundantly that joy that is unspeakable how many in this room can say honest to goodness those of you listening online those of you here in this room those that are watching listen How many of you can honestly say, I want unspeakable joy. I want joy in my life again. I don't feel like I have it anymore. Be honest. Be honest. For those of you that not lifting your hand, I get it. You maybe don't want to show that. I don't want anyone to know my, I want joy. I'll be the first one right here. I want joy in my life. Why? Because I turn on the TV and I get frustrated and I make a decision to be frustrated. How dare this person, or how dare that law, or how dare this thing, or how dare that situation, that circumstance. How could they pass that law? How could they pa- Have I been there? I have. And I'm sick and tired of choosing other things. Frustration, anger, irritation over joy. There's power in joy today. And that power is based on this. The words of Christ found in Luke chapter 6, 45. Luke chapter 6, verse 45. And store up good things in your heart. So we follow the words of Jesus. We also guard the atmosphere where we spend, where we spend our time. Yes? Guard the atmosphere. The third thing is we embrace a pivotal principle. And here's, here's the principle. Are you ready? A significant and pivotal principle that leads us to a sense of righteousness, peace, and what? Joy. Don't think you're going to get it by a little pinch. It's the pinch and the press. When you get pressed, ask God, God, I trust in who you are. Show me how I can take this press and turn it into a message for someone that needs to hear it. Amen? Father, I've given them what you told me to give them, the power of joy. Father, I pray you empty us of ourselves, that you would empty us of us. And that you would breathe life in 
to us so we may, we may live filled with your life, your Holy Ghost, filled with the breath of God. Father, I pray you restore joy for people in this room. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. We pray these things because you are the God who brings joy. And may the power of joy rest in my life today in Jesus' name and all of God's people said. Amen. Would you stand with me for a moment? I'm coming down here for a moment. There are times that we have to realize, look at me. There are times that we have to realize the pressure is good for you. Don't run from it. Say, God, what do I take from this? What's my takeaway? I believe God wants to give you joy today. I believe he wants to fill your life with joy. But if you run from everything that can get you that joy, then what are we doing here? Why are we here? There's more to it. There's more to it. The power of joy goes far beyond words. It's about embracing a principle that what is in you is not as important as what God can put in you. So God, I surrender. I surrender what? I surrender everything that leans on my own understanding. I, I surrender everything that doesn't look like you. I surrender everything that doesn't sound like you. I release every bit of anxiousness that steals my joy. I love how he says, even in the scripture, he says, my joy, so that my joy may be complete in you. My joy. Not your joy. Your joy is you get to sleep in, eat whatever you want, right? That's good joy, right? That's good joy. That's like, I get, in, a, in an ideal world, I eat whatever I want. I stay the same exact weight, right? In an ideal world, I, 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 get, I make all the money I need to pay all my bills, and I don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. In an ideal world, my house is paid, my cars are paid, ideal world. All these things are ideal, ideal, ideal. But will that really, will it really bring you joy? Maybe for a time and then what? You'll find something else to complain about. Let's be honest. You'll find something else to complain about. Because we all do. It's our natural instinct. Once we achieve one goal, we want to get something else. Can I tell you this? When you have true joy, all that stuff doesn't matter, man. It's about God. Amen? Amen. Father, I'm asking you all across this room that you would fill people with the joy of your Holy Spirit. If you're in this room today and you want joy, can I ask you right now to just lift your hands and pray this prayer with me if you can. Just one hand, two hands, no hands, it doesn't matter. But just receive this right now. Say this and repeat this with all your heart after me. Say, Jesus, I want your joy. 
I surrender my understanding and I leave it at your feet. I accept the pressure. I accept the pinching. It's not comfortable, but I know you will be my strength. Be with me and restore my joy. Father, restore the joy of your people. May they know who you are. May they know more about themselves by knowing who you are than what you've done for them. Lord God, what makes the death of Jesus Christ so amazing to us is that I know who I am. I'm a sinner by nature, but a saint by your blood. God, I received that today. Now let me walk like a saint with the joy that fills my heart. Let me walk in that joy, God, that I've lost once. I've lost the joy of my first love. God, I pray in Jesus' name for every person at the sound of my voice. Restore their joy. I come against depression and I speak against it in the name of Jesus. I speak directly to depression. I speak directly to anxiety and fear. They have no hold or no place in the heart of man. I speak to it and I call it gone in the name of Jesus. May joy take its place. May joy be what fills our heart in that void. May joy be what we seek in the name of Jesus we pray and all of God's people that believe it said amen amen